Are you being selfish? Or do you need to redefine what selfish means? Welcome to the Becoming Future You podcast, where it's all about you. I'm here to help you figure out who you are and what you want out of your life. What are your special gifts? How do you impact others? What does living a great life look like for you? The answers are inside of you, and we're going to unlock them together. It's time to become future you. I'm your host, Mel Jolly. Let's get to work. I work with a lot of women um, in my coaching, uh, my private coaching clients, and then also in my course, Unlock Your Five Star Future. And at some point in our conversations, these women all inevitably get to a place where they say some version of, yeah, but doing that makes me feel really selfish. Or I would, but isn't, isn't that selfish? And even if they don't define it exactly that way, what they're saying is, they want to take care of themselves. They want to work on themselves. They want to put themselves first or make themselves a higher priority, but doing so makes them feel squicky or selfish. So what I want to talk about today is that conversation. What does it mean to you to be selfish? Is putting others' needs ahead of your own the only way to be selfless or, or is there more of a balance that we can seek? And, and when it comes down to needs, like what qualifies? Is it only food, shelter, water, oxygen? Are those the only needs of yours that you're allowed to put before somebody else? What about taking alone time? What about exercise? What about spending money on yourself or spending time by yourself or, or quality time with yourself? What about spending time on a hobby? Is that selfish? That's what we're going to figure out. So the definition, let me read you the definition of selfishness or of selfish. Concerned excessively or exclusively with oneself, seeking or concentrating on one own, one's own advantage, pleasure, or well-being without regard for others. And arising from concern with one's own, one's own welfare or advantage in disregard of others. So what I'm getting from these definitions of selfishness is in order to be selfish, you have to completely disregard everyone else. It's only about you 100% of the time. It's the Mel show. Nobody else matters. So here's the good thing about this definition. You are not selfish because I know you well enough to know that you are caring for someone other than yourself, whether that's an adult human whether that's a child human or whether that's an animal, I promise you are taking care of someone other than yourself, which means you're not selfish. Yay, fixed it, episode over. No, just kidding. <laughs> I know it's not that easy. It's not just about what's the definition of selfish. It's about what have we internalized? What stories are we carrying around? And by constantly repeating themselves, repeating the stories to ourselves, we're making them true. So what beliefs do we have about being selfish and what qualifies as being selfish? So let me ask you some questions. Step one or question one, what is everything you've ever been told about being selfish? 
What are the things that you were specifically told? Can you think of any examples, like maybe when you were a kid, when you were told to stop being so selfish or maybe something happened at school or with um, at your church with a sibling? What about in adulthood? Can you think of anything that you were told as an adult about being selfish? Maybe something a coworker said to you or somebody in an organization you're in. Maybe a co-volunteer or a co-chair of a project that you've been working on. Maybe a partner. What has anyone explicitly called you out on and said some version of, you know what, you're being really selfish right now. I want you to actually write these things down. Or if you're just listening, like say them out loud as I'm talking, anything that pops into your head. And it's just going to be word vomit. When we work on uncovering these kind of limiting beliefs, you're just going to have to go with your gut. Whatever comes to your mind is correct. Okay. And let me say this, as I'm walking myself through this own exercise, through my own exercise with this one, like what was I explicitly told? Actually, nothing comes to mind for me. So that's okay. If you can't think of any examples that like somebody shook their finger at you and they were like, stop being so selfish. Doesn't mean it didn't happen, but that's why I have the next question for you. Question number two, what have you been shown in regards to being selfish? What examples have people set for you when it comes to the roles in your life? So if you're a mom, how did your mom model being a mom? And if you didn't like that model, if you didn't feel like your mom was doing a good job, what about mothers that you did think were doing a good job? So when you were a kid, like your, your friend's mom, that was super cool that you felt like, man, she was just the best. She was just doing all the things that your mom wasn't. How did she model motherhood? And what about now, like as an adult, other moms that you admire, people that you think are doing a good job, what are they showing you about the expectations of that role? And this applies to your other roles. What about um, if you're a partner or spouse? If you are a wife, what have other people modeled for you how you are supposed to behave in this role to not be selfish? What about as a friend? Like, what are the expectations of your friend group? How do you be a good friend in that friend group? What do you see other people do? Or what have you seen somebody else do? And you're like, oh, she is being so selfish right now. Whether you thought it in your own head, talked about it with somebody else, that, that trigger, that judgment, we can talk about how general judgments don't serve you. But if, if you're noticing somebody else's selfishness, that means you heap that judgment on yourself as well. So when it comes to school, church, work, your family, all these different roles that you carry in your life, what are the expectations that you feel in those roles to not be selfish, to be a selfless person in those roles? What are you, what are you expected to do? I want you to write all those things down. And then question number three, what comes to your mind as 
that you would categorize as selfish? What do you categorize as selfish? So is it I'm trying to think of a really extreme example and I didn't, I didn't think of one, one earlier. So let's say I bought a carton of ice cream, like a, like a gallon, you get bought a gallon of ice cream and I purposefully ate the whole thing. Oh my gosh. I purposely ate the whole thing as soon as I got home so that my husband couldn't have any. I would categorize that as selfish. I also would categorize that as like a reason to throw up. Like not on purpose, I just think it would happen. Like if you can't drink a gallon of milk, you probably can't drink, I eat a gallon of ice cream. <laughs> Sorry, that's what happens when I come up with examples on the fly. What do you categorize as selfish in your life, in your, in your activities, in the, in the way you walk around in these different roles? Okay. As a, a person at the gym, do you think it's selfish if somebody doesn't spray off their machine after they use it? Well, put that on your list. As a person at work, is do you think it's selfish when somebody doesn't refill the coffee pot afterwards? Like after they empty it and then they don't start a new pot for the next people? Do you think that's selfish? Just anything, anything you can think of tied to this word selfish. The reason I, I'm having you work through this and I asked you these three questions, which again were, what's everything you were ever explicitly told about being selfish that you can remember? What's everything you were shown about how to be selfless or, or what constitutes being selfish in these different roles? So the different examples that were modeled for you. And then what do you categorize as selfish? If I were like, Name five selfish things, what would you come up with? The reason we're doing this is because we're working on uncovering your beliefs. So those stories I mentioned earlier. We have beliefs, um, which are stories that we tell ourselves and some of them empower us and help us become future us. Some of them hold us back. The ones that hold us back are called limiting beliefs. For me, the example I use a lot is I used to say, I'm not a runner. And if you ever see me running, you should run too, because obviously something's chasing me. I hated running. That was also a limiting belief. I hate running. And then a friend coerced me into doing a running program with her. And it turns out, not only can I run, not only am I capable of running, I actually really like it. Ah! So that was me replacing a limiting belief with something that became empowering and helped me become the more authentic version of future Mel, the one who likes running. We're working on uncovering your limiting beliefs when it comes to being selfish. And the reason I'm asking you those different questions, what were you shown, what pops in your head, what did people say to you is because when it comes to limiting beliefs, Sometimes a lot of them are subconscious and we just don't even realize that they are there. So if you're the kind of person who's listening to this and you're like, I never think anything I do is selfish and I'm, this isn't for me. You probably haven't even gotten this far in the episode if that's you. But everybody has limiting beliefs and we're trying to jiggle some of yours loose so that we can move into this next section where we talk about becoming future you and the roadblocks that you might have 
and that you might need to overcome if you think some of these things are selfish. Okay, so question number one, now that we've jiggled your limiting beliefs loose and you're like, eating a whole gallon of ice cream is selfish. That is one of my beliefs. Here we go. Is self-care selfish? Is self-care selfish? With these women that I work with, a lot of the times we are doing some kind of coaching around health or around following their dreams or around spending time journaling or around taking alone time for themselves. And that's when these limiting beliefs bubble up and they're like, oh, you know, it just doesn't feel right. I don't really feel like I should. That makes me feel really selfish. So even though if I say, is self-care selfish? You're like, no, of course it isn't. Because at this point, it's pretty common to hear self-care is not selfish. I'm not the first person to say that, but I would like you to listen to these examples with fresh ears because just because you've heard it before doesn't mean you're applying it to your life. Just because you've recognized, oh, of course, self-care is not selfish, doesn't mean you have internalized that belief and you're letting it inform your actions because beliefs control the actions that we take. If you're ready to achieve your big dreams, it's time to join my DIY coaching program and accelerate your progress. What's that? You wanna know how a coaching program can be do it yourself? I'll tell you how. A coach's job is to ask you questions and help you figure out what's going to work for you while also teaching you the methods for overcoming your roadblocks and creating a future you are going to love. There's no one size fits all solution. That's why I designed Unlock Your Five Star Future the way I did. I created eight weeks of video lessons to handle the teaching part and over 100 pages of worksheets to ask you all the right questions to help you uncover your potential, unlock your motivation, find your focus and achieve your dreams. It's all about you. The best part is you can get started right now and work at your own pace. You'll pay once and get lifetime access. What are you waiting for? Go to becomingfutureyou.com forward slash unlock to join now and start living your version of your best life. So let's talk about a few examples. If you take alone time, is that selfish? I have a client who had to tell her family that she needed 30 minutes to herself every evening. And we had to do a lot of work to get her to the place where she was willing to go to them and say, you know what, guys, from 8 to 8.30, I'm going to be in the living room. No one talked to me. No one talked to me. Because we had to get to a place where she was able to make the connection between, oh, if she got that alone time, she was more patient with her kids. She was a more loving spouse. She was better able to handle helping with homework or whatever other responsibilities she needed to take care of. And she started sleeping better because she was winding down. So is taking that 30 minutes of time for herself selfish or is it actually helping her be better at able caring to care for her family? 
How about this? Getting outside. Is taking 15 minutes away from work selfish? I freelance. I work with clients. Everything is like on the clock, right? I'm either coaching, I'm working with my students, I'm working with my marketing clients. And I'm just all day long, clock in, clock out, clock in, clock out. If I'm not on the clock, not getting paid. Which is, we can talk about later how that's not, not a great business model. If you're, if you're setting up your business right at the beginning, don't set it up that way. <laughs> but if I take 15 minutes to go outside, is that selfish? Because I'm not making money for my family during those 15 minutes. I'm not available to clients, texts or phone calls or emails during that time. Does that make that selfish? Or do I get enough benefits from going outside, from stepping away from my work, from maybe closing my eyes, from getting some sunlight, from getting some fresh air, that when I come back to work, I'm more energized and I'm more ready to go. And if I do get an email that's like, oh, Mel, everything's on fire, I'm able to respond calmly and deal with the situation and help put out the fire instead of being like, ah, you're right, everything is on fire. And then I flip my desk over because it was already so high strung from not taking any breaks. Winners take breaks, right? What about taking a bath, getting a massage? Those actually relax your body. They relax your muscles. If you take 15 minutes to actually relax, let's say your stress level is like on a one to 10. 10 is like, you're like, man, everything's great. You're so calm and zen and relaxed. Did I say 10 or one? That's one. You're so calm and relaxed. 10 is like, I'm going to flip this house over. I'm so upset. We're doing a lot of flipping today. <laughs> if you start out at a seven and you go take a bath and you take yourself back down to a three or four on the stress level, when you come out of the bath, is it going to be harder for you to get back up to 10 and be like, blah? because you took yourself down several notches. So when you walk out of the bath and you like immediately step in cat vomit, are you gonna handle it better than you would have if you hadn't taken a bath? Probably because you actually took time for relaxation. What about with journaling? Take time to journal. When I work with my coaching clients and with my students, there is a lot of journaling. And you notice I've even already, I think I've already told you to write things down with this episode. I'm also gonna tell you to journal because you just find out so many good things when you journal. But it does take time. But when you take the time for journaling, you get your fears and your frustrations out on the page. Maybe you write down all the things that are just oh, they're making you so mad right now. And you don't ever want anybody to read those pages. So then after you're done writing them, you burn them. But you know what? Don't you feel a little bit better for having gotten them out? Or maybe you take time to journal and you write down all the things you're grateful for and the things that are going well in your life. And then that gives you some perspective, which you then carry forward through the rest of your day. What about when you meditate? That takes time. I have had coaching clients and I'm, I get what they're saying when they're saying this. 
Um, I often recommend that people try out the app Headspace. If you're totally new to meditation, one of the things I really like about Headspace is they have a lot of basic courses that will walk you through beginner meditation. But on Headspace, if it says it's a 10-minute meditation, it's actually like 11 minutes and 30 seconds because there's like some talking or some intro before you start the actual meditation. <laughs> and my coaching client is like, I just, that just frustrates me so much. Like I barely have 10 minutes. I don't have 11 minutes and 30 seconds. I don't have an extra minute and 30 seconds to meditate, which I get, <laughs> but that still all comes back to like, what are the benefits you get from it? Do you know that when you meditate, it actually literally increases the gray matter in your brain and makes you better able to focus over the long term. It's not just a short-term benefit when you meditate. I had a different coaching client who is going through a really traumatic and trying season in her life. And we clarified that the only element of self-care that she felt like she would be able to do on a daily basis was to fix her hair. So every day she would get up and she would straighten her hair and she would, you know, fix it in a way that if she looked in the mirror later in the day, she felt good about her, the way her hair looked, she, which made her feel slightly better about herself, which made her feel slightly more in control of the situation. So do you see how the 10 minutes she spent on self-care then made her better able to deal with her kids? better able to help lead them through the family trauma. All of those elements of self-care, they all boil down to this one thing. Self-care makes you feel good. And when you feel good, are you nicer? Are you more patient? Are you more creative? Yes. You're more joyful. You're more peaceful. You're you're better able to problem solve. When you come at a place of feeling good or from a place of feeling good, you deal with life better. And if you don't believe me, think about the last time you were sick. The last time you were sick and you didn't want to leave the couch, but you still had life responsibilities and you had to leave the couch and go to the kitchen and take care of somebody or do this other thing. The dog still needed to be fed, whatever it was. Did you feel like you were at the top of your game? No. When you feel bad, you're not at the top of your game. This is why your best is not the same on every single day. So when you do self-care, you get yourself in a place of feeling good, which makes you better able to take care of others. So is self-care selfish? Only you can answer that because my answer doesn't help you. You have to believe it. You have to believe that self-care isn't selfish in order to actually do it. How about this? Is chasing your dreams and working on your goals selfish? Is chasing your dreams selfish? Well, let me ask you this. When you work on your goals and you achieve your dream, who benefits? Let's say you have a dream of opening a restaurant. 
And this restaurant is going to have the world's most amazing nachos. It's Mel's Nacho Emporium. And it's gonna be amazing. Who's gonna benefit from Mel's Nacho Emporium? Well, all the people that Mel's gonna hire to work there and all the people that get to come eat the world's greatest nachos get to have that experience. Uh, all, all the businesses that are going to um, get Mel's t-shirt business because she's gonna decide to create swag to sell at Mel's Nacho Emporium. This place sounds great. Maybe I should quit everything I'm doing and open this fictitious restaurant. I think this is a great idea. Let's say your dream is to write a book. Who benefits when you publish the book? Maybe all the readers. Maybe your dream is to volunteer or start your own charity. Who benefits when you achieve your dream? All the people, all the volunteers, all the people who are going to be beneficiaries of that charity. Who benefits? You've got dreams, you've got goals, you're not accomplishing them in a bubble. So when you do accomplish them, who, who else wins besides you? And when it comes to chasing your goals and dreams, who are you setting an example for? We talked earlier about the beliefs that you installed by watching other people model what it was like to be a mom or a wife or a coworker. You're constantly having an impact on people just by what you're modeling, the way you're leading by example. So when you work on your book, when you shut yourself away in your office so that you can write and you tell your kids not to bother you, what are you teaching them? Your dreams are important. When you tell your coworker that you got up at five so that you could go for a run because your dream is to run a half marathon, what example are you setting for that person? Right? They now know somebody who gets up at 5 a.m. to run. They now know it's possible. It's not just for people of the internet. Their cubicle mate does it. When we got married, when my husband and I got married, um, one of the cool things that they don't forewarn you is all the nice things people are going to write in the cards that they give you. So I didn't know like what an emotional time weddings were. And uh, my family, I have this huge extended family. I'm the oldest grandchild on both sides of my family. And on the one side, I have something like 20 first cousins. It might be 22. I don't remember exactly. I should have counted before I recorded this, but one of my cousins wrote the sweetest card to us. And she talked about how I had always been a great example for her. And I was like, what? I didn't even know she was paying attention. We spent a lot of time together, but I never would have considered myself like setting an example. I was just living. So by you just living, by you being the kind of person who has goals and dreams and works on them, what example are you setting? You don't even know who you're influencing. But if you're setting an example of dreams matter, work hard, and you can achieve what you desire, 
and your dreams matter and your desires matter, that's a positive example, don't you think? If it matters to you, probably matters to other people too. So is working on your dreams selfish? Or does it give you an opportunity to set a positive example and do other people benefit when you achieve your dream? What about wanting more money? Is wanting more money selfish? Ooh, ooh. If this one feels like a gut punch to you, if I even say the words like, do you want more money? And you're like, yes. Oh, but should I? Yeah. Oh, ooh. if it's like this emotional roller coaster for you, you're not alone. People have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of weird stuff. A lot of weird limiting beliefs about money, including feelings of selfishness. I spent the majority of my life thinking that God wanted me to be poor. That was the message that I had internalized um, throughout my childhood and my uh, religious upbringing was that money was bad and God wanted me to be poor. And so I spent a very, 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 very long time struggling to pay my bills. Before I read this amazing book, You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. So if you have any, any weird feelings about money or you don't have as much money as you want, please, please, please read You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. That was the first eye opener for me. Then I was able to receive messages from other people. So like, I've been reading several of Dolly Parton's books. Dolly Parton has written several books and I'm reading one that I think she probably wrote in like the nineties, maybe don't remember the name of it, but Dolly talks about how she always wanted to be rich. She grew up in this like one room cabin in the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee. She had a thousand siblings, I think it was 12. And they didn't have any money. And she always wanted to be rich. And she says things like, God gets the glory, I get the money. And if past Mel had read that stuff, it'd be like, ooh, Dolly, what's wrong with you? Yuck. But now I can look at that messaging and go, oh my gosh, Dolly Parton is like the most philanthropic person I know. So I wish I knew her personally. (laughs) she's the most philanthropic person I know of, right? She's constantly giving money away. When I was a kid, she was the book lady. She was the, the cutout in the library for Dolly Parton's Imagination Library. And they've given away like a billion books. That's not a made up number. That's how many books they've given away to kids. If you get more money, what good things can you do with it? Who can you help? Who's gonna benefit? Is it organizations that matter to you? Is it your church? Is it your family? Is it your pets? I like to be able to take good care of my pets. And that takes money. So if you get more money, who's going to benefit? And if you are the kind of person who knows that your purpose involves teaching other people or are getting some kind of message out into the world. So maybe your books are about people who, who defeat bullies, 
because you don't think bullies should win. Or maybe you write music and your music is always about finding true love and, and getting through the hard times and overcoming your troubles. And that's the kind of message you want to get out into the world. Or maybe you know how to build a table and you think everybody should know how to build their own kitchen table. And so you're going to record videos, record a course and, and get that information out there. The message takes money. This is a Brendan Burchard um, saying. Does he say the, the mission takes money or the message takes money? I can't remember exactly which one it is, but it all takes money. If you wanna build a business, if you wanna reach people, that takes money. You gotta pay for ads. Maybe you need to hire people. Maybe you need somebody to come cut your grass so that you can spend more time working in your pottery studio. Maybe you need to rent a pottery studio. I don't know, but the dream takes money. So is wanting more money selfish? Or does it actually help you become the version of you that you're supposed to be? I can't answer that for you. You have to answer it. And is becoming five-star future you selfish? Is becoming the truest, most authentic version of yourself the version of you living a meaningful life, is that selfish? We know becoming future you takes work. We know it takes time. It probably takes money. Whether you're working on your hobbies, you rated your life areas and you're like, my, I, I don't even remember what hobbies are. So you start writing lessons. Well, that takes money and it takes time. And it takes work. Maybe future you owns that amazing restaurant. What was it? Mel's Nacho Emporium. <laughs> That's going to take time, effort, and money. But it's going to send Mel on a journey of becoming the best version of her, best version of herself that she can become. When you live in alignment with who you are, when you pay attention to your dreams and your desires and the things you want, that does send you on a journey. That's what we're always talking about. And when you go on that journey, you meet people. You meet people you never would have met. You have experiences you wouldn't have had otherwise. You get opportunities to help. Maybe you make a bunch of money and you start your charity. When you start using your talents and start fulfilling your place and your purpose in the universe, not only do you get out of other people's way, you stop trying to cram yourself into roles that you don't fit in. So maybe you keep volunteering to teach Sunday school for little kids and you actually can't stand little kids. You're like not patient with them and they're always frustrating you, but you feel like you should. That's just what you're supposed to do because you're a young person and that, that's your job. If you step out of the role you don't belong in, and recognize, you know what? I actually really love music and I love playing the, the guitar. And so you, you invest time and energy into getting good at the guitar. And then you're like, you know what I could do is I could go sing for the nursing home residents. And not only does it bring you joy, it brings them joy. You went on a journey, you followed your desires and it allowed you to meet new people, have new experiences and help others. 
It allows you to help others in ways that you hadn't previously imagined back when you were stuck teaching Sunday school to little kids who drove you insane. When you lean into being who you are, when you embrace your talents, when you listen to your desires, when you become the the most authentic version of yourself, you're happier. You're more joyful because you're enjoying your life. You have meaning and purpose. You're making progress. You're doing work that matters to you. You, You're finding satisfaction in that. You are in general a more contented person. And are you nicer to others when you're, you're happy and joyful and contented? Have you ever been around somebody who's like, just, they're, they're just in like such a good mood and they're just so like joyful and they've got so much energy and they just, uh, they're just like spewing their happiness all over the place. Do you leave being in a better mood because you were around that person? Does that person cheerlead you and bring you up? You can be that person for others. You can set that example. You can be in that good mood. You can be enjoying your life. So is becoming future you selfish? Or is doing it actually the most selfless thing you can do? So this week's challenge, my challenge to you this week. First of all, re-listen to this episode because we covered some major steps here. We tried to shake loose your limiting beliefs around selfishness. What did other people tell you? What did other people show you? What do you believe about being selfish? And when you try to uncover those kind of limiting beliefs, some of them are conscious, some of them are subconscious, and we're just kind of trying to jiggle them loose, that takes time. It's going to take you a while to be honest with yourself. My students will tell me that they filled out my worksheets when they first enrolled in Unlock Your Five Star Future like two years ago. And then they go back and they do it again. And they're like, wow, I can really see that my answers the first time around were just what I thought I should write. And now I'm getting closer and closer to the truth. So it takes time. Be patient with yourself as you work on journaling and jiggling loose those limiting beliefs. And then I want you to, every time you think the word selfish or get that feeling that like, oh, I would, but mm, like that resistance feeling in your chest that just makes you feel like a bad person for doing something. I want you to reframe it, reframe it into something powerful. So instead of thinking, wow, I really need to have 15 minutes alone. I just need 15 minutes by myself. Instead of thinking, oh, but that's so selfish because I really need to take care of these kids and I can't leave my spouse alone with them. Reframe it into, by taking this 15 minutes, I'm going to be so much more patient. By going and meditating, I'm going to be so much calmer with everybody. By going for a run, I'm going to be energized. I'm going to be able to play with my kids. Make the connection between doing the thing that you might have a little resistance towards doing because you might might maybe be feeling a little selfish about it and connect it to how you're helping others. 
I hope you enjoyed today's episode and got something you needed. If you did, please remember to take a screenshot of the podcast and post it on your favorite social media platform. Not only will it help this growing podcast find new listeners, you also retain new information better when you tell others about it. So make a quick post about today's episode and then take action on what you learned. Remember, if future you is different than present you, that means you're going to have to do something different. If you'd like to get more clarity on who you want to become, be sure and download the free Becoming Future You journal at becomingfutureyou.com forward slash journal.